0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, dust off your 3DS for Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentia. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society, my name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host, his name is Mark Mitchell. Hey Patrick, how's it going? Uh, pretty good, Mark, how are you? Doing pretty good. I don't think we mentioned this last week, but Ooh. last week I had a, uh, like, like a bruise on my eye. I was politely not mentioning it. Yeah, yes. you didn't. we didn't talk about it at all, but my I, my eye was just like watering through the entire time we recorded. I, I quietly crept away and gl- grabbed a box of Kleenex for you. Uh... This week, feeling great. What? So, was that allergies? Is that what was happening? No, last it wasn't week? allergies. It was like uh, I was outside uh-huh. on Sunday. Sounds like allergies so far. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was outside and a large truck kicked something up <gasps> and it got into my eye. And so uh, I was dealing with that last week. That's terrible. But we muscled through. We did. We soldiered on. I don't remember what we talked about. Oh, one thing. Let's do a little debug here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so last, last week we mentioned B.B. Uh, King, right? hmm And uh, Mark said he was playing jazz guitar. Blues, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. We got corrected on that hardcore. So. Uh, I got slammed down for that. Slammed down. It was traumatic to witness the slam down. It was an in-person slam. An in-person slam, which is much more difficult than an on-the-internet slam. Absolutely. Uh, Weather report, been kind of warm, but it's pleasant right now. Yeah. Mark, what have you been playing? Uh, We've both been playing Donkey Kong Country 2. Yeah, we have. Uh, If you have been listening to our play-along, you know that we are not enjoying that game. The worm has turned! Uh yeah and so that that's just going to continue <laughs> for a little bit. Um yeah. I I guess like I I'm kind of bummed because I was really expecting to like it. Yeah, cuz I really like the original Donkey Kong Country. And I had heard really good things about the sequel, but here we are. Here we are indeed. Uh what what else you been playing? Zelda: Breath of the Wild, of course. Yeah, I saw you putting in time this weekend. Yeah. Um so when I defeated Ganon, I still had about 20 shrines left. That's still so many shrines. Well, this so I put in time this weekend um while my boyfriend was in Vancouver. There you go. And I found 19 of the 20 so wait a minute so you have 119 shrines yeah so i think i think there's only 120 in the game so i only have one left but i have no clue where it is like i don't i have no idea yeah you need that path of the hero uh dlc the one that'll show you where you've walked yeah because there's some part of that map you have not traversed there must be but also you get to the point where like the ones that you're missing are the ones that don't show up in on the, uh, like, you don't get in the shrine. Sure, yeah. Finder, whatever they call that. Right. The <laughs> like Sheikah she, 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 yeah. Sensor. Sheikah right. Sensor. Right. Um, They don't show up there. So you could just be, like, wandering around. Forever. And, and they get, like, tricky. Like, you know, they, like, start, turning them around so they don't glow like you can't see them sure from like or, or your they're approach. like or they're buried under something yeah yeah um so i don't know what i'm gonna do i think it's gonna drive me crazy are you well let me are, are you're not gonna look it up i don't how would i i don't even know how i would look it up i mean you would point. have to you would have to look at a map like on your computer and compare it to a map on the, and you would have to check uh, 120 things. Yeah, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could open it up an Excel t- file, type in all the ones I found, right. go online, find all the like, find the names for all of them, and then like cross-reference oh, it and see oh, which one I'm <laughs> missing. <laughs> but even th- it's it's that sounds tedious. It's a nightmare. Yeah, I'm living a nightmare. Uh, what about you? Uh, Oh, I've been uh, continuing to play Puyo Puyo Tetris. Um, I like that game a lot, but I've been playing a ton of Fire Emblem Echo Shadows of Valentia this weekend, uh, like I said in the cold open, dusting off the old 3DS, Um, and uh, we will talk more about that later in the episode. I've also been playing Disgaea 5 Complete, the uh, demo Mm -hmm. that was released last week. Are you familiar with the series at all? I wasn't before I... I'm not. Um it's seems like a super in-depth RPG. Like the amount of customization that's available is crazy. Sure. So is it like m- menu-based combat? Yeah, it's uh it's like a tactical RPG, like a Fire okay. Emblem type thing, you know, where you can you move um your characters, but uh and so and you can move let's say you have like 5 in your party with you or something. Yeah. You can move all 5 and then you decide like what they're going to do and then you press like the attack button and it like goes through the um like all five actions yeah and so this is helpful so that way you can put two of your characters next to each other and they can perform combos sure yeah and um and then like at the end after you've defeated the enemies Depending on like how well you performed, you get certain items, mm-hmm. and then each stage has a like bonus that you get for performing like the best possible, like yeah. in S class, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh it's so it seems really fun. Um, and it seems like the presentation is fun if you're, and uh, like looking at it, I will. Okay, so looking when I first downloaded and saw screenshots, it's very like. It's very anime. It's yeah. very, like, bosomy women, right? you know, and, like, that sort of thing. Some of these things we're never going to escape. <laughs> but it has a sense of humor about itself that I wasn't expecting. Hmm. Like, the, uh, uh, I mean, the voice acting is pretty bad, but the writing isn't terrible. Mm-hmm. And the, or, I mean, just from, I'm basing this all off the demo. And the, um, uh, like, some of the combos are funny. Uh yeah, it seems like so a so pretty you, cool game you you had fun with with yeah, the demo. I had fun with the demo, yeah, um, do you think that uh you will carry on into the the full game I don't think so because I don't have the amount of time to pour into this, yeah, that I think it would require yeah i I get that um that's been one of the things about fire emblem um i i I feel like I was playing it all weekend um i've got like 10 and a half hours on my play clock which means i've played more because any fight where i lose someone i go back and start it over um but like even in that i feel like i have played so little of this game um and that's a lot of time uh but we again we will talk more about fire emblem later in the show mark uh let's get into the news Hey, there was an ARMS Direct last week. There sure was, and we didn't say anything about it, because well, <laughs> we had no idea. We had no idea. <laughs> they, like, announced it one day, and then it was... And they played it, the, it next. the next. Right. <laughs> uh, so four new characters were announced, bringing the total roster to ten playable characters. The new ones were King Kid Cobra, Helix, Bite and Bark, and... How do you say this last one? TwinTel. Okay, so TwinTel is the one that the The internet internet loves. The internet loves. So TwinTel, she uh, is a movie star, right? Um, Her arms are on her hair, and she's a curvy lady. Yeah, she's got a big butt. She's got a big butt. Um, I (laughs) like right after the announcement, uh, I had to look up two terms. Uh, One was waifu and the other is uh thick spelled with two c's i think it's nice that you've been living in a world per- like your own that you don't that you didn't know that you had never heard of waifu before no the thing is i knew i knew waifu uh-huh. and i was like i just i need to double check it oh, okay um but thick i legit had to look up <laughs> uh and waifu of course is uh someone believing a fictional character usually a cartoon or puppet or something is there is uh, a character that they're in a physical romantic relationship with um, usually associated with like uh, anime body pillows Um, and then thick is just a curvy woman. (laughs) So the internet loves Twintel. Surprise. Surprise. The internet loves Twintel. Uh, I like, but I like bite and bark. Okay. Bite and bark. (laughs) Bite and bark are my Twintel. (laughs) They're a robot cop and his robot cop dog. Mm hmm. Um, and then the other characters are, you know, Kid Cobra is a snake something and Helix is like a little green blob. Yep. Um, (laughs) so so we're excited about two of these (laughs) four characters. I mean, are we excited about two of these four characters? I don't know. I I guess I meant we in the like general sense. You, me, the audience. (laughs) Um there so we learned some more stuff about arms in fact we learned a lot about it yeah uh so each there are customizable arms each character has three different arms to choose from with different weights attributes et cetera. and you equip two arms each time you select a fighter mean mean there's like an endless amount of combinations right so everyone has three and you can equip uh, you know one on the left and one on the right um so it does you know even though the the roster is like Ten is pretty low for for a fighting game, um. But you know when you add all of those different variations, and it, they they don't seem like minor variations. They seem like big differences. Um, and you know they have those like environmental or not environmental, like a uh, uh elemental um like qualities to them. And sometimes some. Did you see that there's one that blinds, and it's like getting the squid ink in um or the blooper in Mario Kart when you just can't see what's going on um it's cool to see them like mess with like the various ways that a power up could be effective against someone yeah when i first heard about like the different like weights and stuff i i thought it would was going to be more like the customization you can do for your carts in mario kart mm-hmm. where like it has minor differences but doesn't really make all that much of a difference what you choose yeah yeah like i i think i think that's that's also what i thought too that it was going to be a lot of like really nitpicky, kind of like, oh, well, this is a little bit faster, it's a little bit tighter handling here. Um, but no, it seems like every every different arm you equip drastically changes the way you have to fight with that character. There's also a ton of game modes. Oh, yeah. There's fight, which is just two fighters battling each other one-on-one, and then, like, items drop, and there's healing and all that kind of stuff. Um, team fight, where two players are tethered to each other and must team up to battle, like, two other players. Uh, I love that they're, like, tethered together. Did you ever play Knuckles Chaotix on the Sega 32X? No. Um, It was a Knuckles game, like, of Sonic and Knuckles um, fame, where the two, it's, you know, side-scrolling, and the two characters are tethered together by, like, a, a rubber band, almost, and you have to use the momentum that they create by, like, pulling each other to, like, launch yourself up and, like, get to new platforms and cross things. That sounds pretty fun. It actually was. Um, I assume this is nothing like this, but <laughs> 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 anytime characters are tethered together, I'm like, ooh, a chance to mention Knuckles Chaotix. Uh, there's V-Ball, which is Arms Volleyball, and B-Hoops, which is Arts Basketball, and that actually looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I, they both actually sound like fun. I, I could see messing around with either, either the V-Ball or Hoops. Um, mini games in this skill shot one on one hundred, uh, like a test and training mode. So a lot of that sounds like Smash Brothers modes to me, right? Especially like that one versus one hundred is, and uh, the skill shot, which is basically like the targets um, in Smash. So I don't know. I, I think it's cool that they're finding other ways or like other things you can do with the the mechanics that you learn in the rest of the game. There's of course Grand Prix, which is the story like arcade mode. Um party match, where you can have ten to and if you have two switches and the like twenty people in a lobby and then you're fighting two of them at random. Yeah, uh, the 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 party match seems Oh yeah. no, you can battle with up to three other So you can have four people. Right, but yeah. they're up to 10 systems can be waiting in the lobby. So like well yeah, I don't know. It it's <laughs> it, it's unclear to me exactly how all of these things work in practice. Um they kind of sped through some of these game modes. Um but uh yeah, that it it, it seems like there there's an, an active way to like have people playing and watching and waiting and all of that. There's ranked match which seems like it's you know it looks like they're gunning a little bit for the esports audience potentially yeah and i have no idea how the esports community is reacting to this game mostly i just know how the greater internet is reacting to twintel and specifically the fan art community yes they're loving it and then of course local wireless mode so there's a lot going on in arms like it's it's much more robust than just what we saw in the initial reveal right and it's not to suggest that there's like uh, a big story or anything like that. Um, even though it it's weird the way that Nintendo sort of like hints at the story, especially at the beginning of this direct when they're like, um, no one knows what you know. Like, there's a there's a mythology kind of baked into the actual arms and like. Within the universe of ARMS, it is novel that these characters have springy arm things that are also weapons. It feels to me like they're taking a lot of cues from Splatoon. Absolutely. And the success that they had there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, there's going to be a free de- f- DLC in the future, which apparently will be free, including new ARMS, new stages, new fighters. That's a big deal, the uh, new fighters in particular. But, I mean, kind of all of it, right? It's, again, the Splatoon model. Uh, where the game launched with n- not a whole lot of content and then just got bigger and bigger uh, a- as it went. This feels to me, and you know, we obviously haven't played it yet, but it feels like it's a more complete package from the get-go. Um, so it's cool that they are continuing to s- support it afterwards with, again. I mean, like, free new characters. Maybe that's just the way fighting games are now, but, like, that's cool. Neither of us have been super excited for ARMS. Um, did this do anything to change your mind? I, I I mean, I don't know that I'm like way on board now, but I am, yeah, yeah, I, I, it did. It did a little bit to change my mind for sure. I'm also, I'm definitely more excited for this game than I was initially. Yes. I'm still not crazy hyped for it. Yeah. I'm still like, I'm still not totally in love with the aesthetic of it. Um, i I know people are responding well to the characters Twintel, <laughs> and maybe some others I don't know Twintel, Twintel. Um, but like they're just they I, I don't I don't totally love it, I guess, at this point. Yeah, but, the aesthetic I like find appealing um or appealing enough to me, it's more i'm I'm looking forward to getting my hands on it during the test play, test punch, I guess. Yeah, which, by the way, is absolutely a term that you and I were using when we were talking about the Splatoon global test fire. We definitely said, you know who could use one of these? Arms could use a global test punch. We said this. Definitive. (laughs) Definitive and irrefutable. We said this. Um, I'm looking forward to the test punch, a term that we coined. Yep. Because I... uh, The thing that is... I'm hesitant about ARMS is, like, motion controls. Yeah. And will it be fun with motion controls? And if it's not fun with motion controls, will it be fun just playing with a regular controller? Yeah, so all of the impressions I've read have said uh, two things. One, that it plays better with motion controls than without. And two, that the motion controls work, which I guess are sort of the same point. But, uh, but like, work versus is it fun? great question you know and so that's what i'm i'm i think the test punch is a great idea because uh not only did we come up with the name but i think it's very necessary to have people like get a hands-on yeah try it out for for themselves and i I think more more so than splatoon which already has like good word of mouth um and you know people kind of inherently understand you know four-person uh shooter, uh, like, squad ba- You know, like, everyone understands that already. You don't really need to demonstrate it. Whereas ARMS kind of does feel like a new kind of game. Like, we've been saying fighting game, but it seems like it has elements of, like, a one-on-one shooter almost, um, and maybe even some strains of, like, Punch-Out! or Boxer. Well, especially because, there are times when you're going to be fighting more than one person. Like it's not sure. like one-on-one is just a mode. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. So yeah, we need to, we need to get this uh, game in our hands. So the uh, global test punch, when we will all have the opportunity to do so, um, there are two, two of them. Uh, the first one is coming up this weekend, May 26th through the 28th. Um, there's a Friday date uh, and then Saturday and Sunday, you can check out what the, the actual times are. Cause again, just like Splatoon, it's, uh, it's a specific time frame during which you can play the game. Um, and then the weekend following, which is June 2nd to the 4th. And then the game itself comes out two weeks later. So. And you can download the test mm-hmm. punch now. Yeah. And if you uh, bring up the the test punch, you get to hear some cool ARMS music. I like this. I, I like the music so far. Yeah, uh, I do game. too. Uh, also part of the ARMS Direct <laughs> they they know where their bread is buttered. Yeah, that's right. And they tagged a, a Splatoon 2 uh trailer on the end of it that kind of showed off the Splatoon 2 single player campaign. I'm excited about this thing. It looks uh, like now I never played the Splatoon single player, but you were saying that it's like uh bigger than people give it credit for, like more robust than people give it credit mm-hmm. for, but it's still fairly bare bones. Yeah, it's still. I mean, even even at its best, it's like kind of obstacle coursey, you know. Um, that it never—it looks like it could be a like freer kind of open world, but is you know funneled into these very specific things that it wants you to experience and ways to solve puzzles and stuff. Um, but like the the story that was kind of woven into there was really neat. I'm excited about the story elements that they're pushing here um, because Kelly and Mari, the Squid Sisters, um, are—they were the hosts of the original Splatoon. So they would announce whenever maps changed and they're just, you know, it's a stupid little like Nintendo way to put personality on something that has no personality, right? Um and the there were these events called Splatfests where you would sign up for a side. Um, you know, it'd be something like cats and dogs or like cheeseburgers versus pizza. Um and then you would just play against people who were uh, on the opposite side. And the last splat fest was Cali versus Mari. Um and so, you know, we all played in that and everyone picked a side and then they were like no more splat fests and um in the story mode here the story is that Kelly and Mari have had this bitter feud <laughs> that like we kicked off as part of this splat fest and now one of them is missing I don't remember which one um and so you have to help Callie find Mari or Mari find Callie whichever it is um but I just, I love this idea that, like, there's this, an event that I participated in, <laughs> that I actually did this, um, that would, you know, that, like, sets up the story for Splatoon 2. It's so cool to me. Yeah, Splatoon 2 seems, like, so much fun. I think this game is going to be huge. Yeah. Especially with the Switch being the success that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, like, I don't think in Japan Nintendo can possibly stock enough systems oh, definitely. when this gets released. Especially because, as part of uh, at the end there, um, they showed off a couple of new bundles. It, uh, if you were in Japan and Europe, sure, because it doesn't seem like any of this stuff that we're about to talk about is coming uh, to North America, which is kind of a bummer. Because there's a piece of this that I think is really cool. So both Europe and Japan are getting a Splatoon Two Switch bundle, plus a uh, Nintendo announced new Joy-Con colors. It's a neon pink and green like, like neon pink and Splatoon. neon green. Yeah. Uh, and then um a pro controller where the what would you call those? Like the the, the, the kind of grips on the yeah, side. The yeah, the grips on the side are neon ones neon pink and ones neon green. Um it's so cool and I feel like uh by the time uh Splatoon and Arms are are both out that I may have need for a second set of Joy-Con especially if um Arms end up, ends up being fun and I want to Play two player, um, and we all want to use motion controls. Um, but like, I don't want just like another set of gray. I guess you can get the normal uh, neon red, but I don't really want those blue. either. I, I mean, in arms at that point, we'll have the the yellow ones. yellow ones, and I don't want those. I I, I really like these, uh, um, the gr- neon green and neon pink. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think, think they're really fun. I think they're the winners right now. I think if we're gonna rank all of the. If we are going to have a definitive ranking of the Joy-Con which we colors, are <laughs> right, which we are at the top of the list mm-hmm. is splatoon, and then probably what gray and then yellow and then uh red and blue. Yeah, I mean, I have my quibbles, but we'll save that for later. <laughs> we'll save that for the list. <laughs> um yeah, it's really and it's, okay, so in Europe, the bundle is just the uh uh switch, the game. And and I'm assuming it's going to be a like a download code for the game, but that's Kudos, purely assumption yeah. on my part. Um, and then, but it will have the regular neon blue and neon red. Oh, okay. Uh, but in Japan, the bundle is going to include the new uh, neon green and neon pink Joy-Con. Okay. And are the neon green and neon uh, pink Joy-Con going to be available? We don't know. I think they're separately. Gonna, they're in Japan. Anywhere in I yeah yeah, yeah they are because okay. because they're both the pro controller and these new co- uh, and the joy-con and these new colors are going to be released in Europe okay and in addition to Japan but as far as we know they're not coming to North America I don't understand I don't know how they make these choices <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand either I don't know why like why are we not getting a Splatoon bundle it seems, why aren't we getting any bundles? I mean, other than, of course, they just can't keep them in stock anyway, so why bundle anything? Um, just keep putting out the system and we'll buy the game separately. I guess that's it. That's the answer. <laughs> uh, Mark, let's take a quick break. Patrick, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, you can. Um, are you wearing comfortable underwear? My goodness, uh, that's a personal question. Are you wearing the most comfortable underwear you could possibly be wearing? Because I don't mean to brag, but I am. I'd like to hear more about this comfortable underwear you're wearing, Mark. It's underwear from MacWeldon.com. I knew this is where this was going, because I also have some very comfortable underwear, and I got it from MacWeldon.com. Are you uh, briefs? What's, what's your deal? Yeah, so I wear briefs. And I wear boxer briefs. Neither of us wear boxers. No. But they sell all of these things. Yes. Also socks, hoodies, shorts. And if you go, if you shop at MacWeldon.com and you use our promo code Nintendo, Mm -hmm. you get 20% off your order. That means you pay less for clothing that's more comfortable than the clothing you're wearing right now. Plus, of course, you're wearing MacWeldon.com, in which case, you can't wear .com, you can't wear the website. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. But perhaps with promo code Nintendo, you could do it for a little bit cheaper. But here's the thing. Let's say you you did want to wear, you like are trying to wear the website. So you ordered the website. Right. Right. And then you're like, deliver to your door. And you're like, this website isn't comfortable to wear at all. Right. You know what you can do? You can keep it. Mm-hmm. Tell Mac, well done. You're not happy with it. And they'll refund your money. No questions asked. And that in- that's not just for their website. That's for their it's underwear. For the clothing. Right. Their socks, their hoodies, all those things I have. And all of them are the most comfortable. So most of the uh, ordering process here, super easy. It's like anything you've ever purchased. It might be more difficult to purchase the website on the website, but if you do manage to do it and you're not satisfied, you get a full refund and the whole thing was 20% less expensive because you used promo code Nintendo. Yeah, so it's MacWeldon.com, promo code Nintendo. In an an interview with The Verge, Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Lunch. Is it Valentia or Valencia? Valentia. That makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just used to like Valencia up the road there. Yeah. I mean, there's... Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not spelled the same. No, but it's v- virtually the same. <laughs> and you know, someone was like, uh, Valencia, Valentia. Sure. <laughs> so shadow the director of Shadows of Valentia. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you- do you want to take a stab at this? I feel like I butcher Japanese <clears throat> names enough. Kenta Naka... Nakanishi? I love it. Said that if he could remake any Fire Emblem game, it would be the Binding Blade. Uh, Binding Blade was previously only available in Japan on the GBA. In, it was released in 2002 and tells so that, the story of Roy. Yeah, that's the Roy one. Um, And Roy is... Our boy. All right. <laughs> what? All right. It was fun when, right. we, when we talked I, about the Mario... i What No, it was fun when we talked about the Mario Kart character, but we can't... Oh but yeah. this Roy we can't say that. It's a different Roy. <laughs> I know, but he could <laughs> That Roy is my boy. Uh no, th- you know, he's a he's a fire or uh Smash Brothers character. He's, I mean, he's a fire emblem character, I but know. the only reason we the only reason we know, we him. know about him is right. because he's in Smash Brothers. Uh and then he's also been featured in basically all of the modern um Fire Emblem games through Amiibo support. So Uh, And in uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. So, you know, Roy is like a part of the zeitgeist, uh, and we have no way to play that game, the game about him in English. Now, of course, part of the deal with Fire Emblem Echoes as branding is, um, I'm pretty sure the idea is they can use that for further remakes in the future. I mean, we'll see, right? This this interview, uh, within this interview in The Verge, um, he was talking about why the game got a, a renaming like this um and you know the the original title of the um Famicom game was a Fire Emblem Gaiden which means side story uh and so i think they were just like not marketable let's let's put a, a cooler name on it and so they added what sounds like maybe two subtitles <laughs> echoes and shadows of valentia in any event uh yeah if if they were to continue to do um echoes uh, games that are remakes. Um, I mean, it's it's not like the series has no remakes. Uh, the um, Sh- Shadow of the Dragon, or, or it, it, d- yeah, so Dragon Shadow, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was a, a remake of the original Fire Emblem, and uh, there's another one that was Japan only that was a remake of the third game. So now the first three games have been remade uh, at some point. So. Yeah, I mean, whether or not they're all called Echoes, they'll keep remaking these <laughs> games. Uh, NB, NPD reports that for April, the Switch was the best-selling console of the month in the U.S. With over 2,800... Wait, 2,000... Wait. 200. 280,000. <laughs> 280,000 units sold. Um, which is cool. But the, big, the thing that I thought was interesting, that in second place was the NES Classic Edition. Okay, which begs the question, what, wh- where are people able to find this thing in April? Well, I think it, like, they, April was the last time that Nintendo did a concerted like, dump of them. Sure. And I don't think, it, it wasn't huge, obviously. Right, fewer but, than a quarter million. But it had to have been pretty big if it beat out like the PS4. Yeah, I mean I I think it's month. I think it's possible that people just aren't it's it's tempting to say that like the Switch is selling extraordinarily well um as it's beating, you know, the Xbox One and uh PlayStation 4, but I think it's just like the Switch is the new thing now. You know, who's going to invest in new PlayStation hardware at this time? Like why would you choose now to buy a PlayStation 4 oh, or an Xbox. I, I mean, I, I don't think... I don't, I, I don't agree with that. I think the PS4 continues to sell very well. Yeah, sure. Um, And... Not as well as the Switch, though, is the point. Sure, but I mean, this is also... Th- that was the second month that the Switch had been out. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. Wait, what was your point? I get, so my point was just that it's not... It, it doesn't seem... That this isn't, uh, like, proof that the Switch is invincible and that it's beating PlayStation or anything like oh, that. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. no. To me, it's just more interesting that the NES Classic Edition, a system that seemingly nobody can get, could get their hands on, right. was able to outsell the PS4. Right. Yeah. No, it's, none of it makes any sense. And, of course, uh, they aren't making any more of these. Like, April was the last month you were going to be able to get them. So, so that's the end of that. Yeah. Um, I'm still, I'm not ruling out that they, they could do like another one of those, another NES classic. Yeah, I think, yeah, sure. They totally could. I, I think it's more likely we see the rumored SNES classic. Sure. This holiday, instead of them going back to the NES classic, um, to make like, a, you mean like a second one with 13 different games. Or even just with an additional 10 games on it. Mm-hmm. Like if they did another one of those with. 40 games instead of 30. I think also with as easy as it was proven to be hacked. Yeah. They don't really have a lot of incentive to do that. That's interesting. I think people would still buy it though. Like uh, honestly, if they put out a version of it that was just like the blank version of it uh, and you could just hack whatever games onto it you wanted, I think people would buy it. I think so too. But I'm, assuming that at some point they're going to get a virtual console rolling. Yeah. And yeah. and uh, there's no reason even though it's totally true that people would buy it anyways, there's no reason for Nintendo to be like, "Yeah, we made this easily." <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like this way for you to really easily pirate all of our games. I mean, unless all they want is the 60 bucks from you buying the the box. Right, but and the controller. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent, but then they're, you know, like, they want people to own that and also buy virtual console titles. Right, but then maybe they're like, if you buy it on the Switch, then you can play it on the go, and you don't have that on the NES Classic. Right. That's a good point. It's uh, a different selling point. I'm just saying people can already download all the ROMs for all of these games and play them on their emulators on their computer. Right. Or phone or but whatever. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we mentioned last week that Inti Creates was preparing to announce two new Switch games, and the first turned out to be Azure Striker Gunvolt Striker Pack uh, and Mighty Gunvolt Burst, which the last, that last one will be coming out for both Switch and 3DS. Um, it, Mighty Gunvolt Burst seems to be a sequel to the 3DS Mighty Gunvolt Eat Shop release, and then uh, Azure Striker Gunvolt Striker Pack is like a combo of the Azure Striker Gunvolt games that were available. I also believe also on the 3DS. I don't really know these games. So the um Mighty Gunvolt is like a uh Mega Man game, basically. Right. I saw somewhere that they were like very specifically saying that Inafune didn't work on yes Gunvolt. Uh huh. It's sad to me that they have to distance themselves from the creator of Mega Man, because Mighty Number no. Nine was such a dud. Right, but I mean, hey, <laughs> do what you got to do. I mean, it was such a dud. Right. Uh, Azure Striker Gunvolt, I think, is very similar. I think is in the same vein, but sure. I, but I, I don't know that for sure. Um, I do know that at some point you were able to play, uh, Azure Striker Gunvolt as. Whatever the mighty number no. nine character, what's his name? It's like Beck. Oh, is his name not mighty number no. nine? No, I mean I think I think that's the implication that like that would be his title if we gave him one, that he would be the mighty number no. nine. But no, I think his name is Beck. I think it's and there's another robot named Call, so they're Beck and Call. Oh, again, it's a, oh a, I get oh, it, I get it. It's a very thinly veiled clone of Mega Man where the characters are rock and roll, so but stupider. A uh, bunch of other games were announced for Switch uh, this past week. <laughs> no, no, oh. <laughs> no! Nobody liked that bit. We're not doing that bit again. Um, uh, it's becoming impractical to list them all, which is cool for the Switch. Yeah, uh, that so many, and it's a lot of like, just kind of like we expected. Um, Japanese and indie developers, people who were putting a lot of games on the Vita. Yeah. And also, you know, like Western developers, indie developers who are now including Switch in their multi-platform releases. Um, So some of them include Harvest Moon Light of Hope, uh, a game called Backslash from Skeleton Crew Studios, Earth Atlantis, Loon Axe with three X's, Owlboy, and a bunch of others. So Owlboy is exciting to me because it was previously not announced for any consoles. It was just a PC um, game. And Owlboy looks dope. Um, it's like a flying around Metroidvania with really cool pixel art graphics. Um, I'm very excited to get to play, um, Owlboy on a console and even more excited that that console is the Switch. Cause we want everything on the Switch. Well, Cause we want everything on the Switch. But I mean, man, Owlboy looks so cool. I'm very excited about this. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe was, had an update released last week, uh, went up to version 1.1. One of the changes was an animation adjustment for Inkling Girl. Yeah. So she d- performed a rude gesture. It was kind of like an up yours type thing. Yeah. That she where was, She's like uh, one, one like fist in the air and like putting her opposite hand on like her bicep. she be like, hey, up yours, buddy. And they removed the. Uh, so she just now she just does a fist. Right. just, just like, like, a, they a, it's like, they removed a fist the, in the air. Um, her putting her hand on her other arm. Right. Which I guess eliminates the like the butt imagery <laughs> that you're like the up yours. I assume that's why I assume that's why that's there. I've never explored it before. So now that you're mentioning that, like, I, I guess like, oh, oh, so the hand that's on the arm is supposed to be forming like. Yeah, that you're like elbow deep in someone's rectum. Oh, I think that's what like up yours. I, I understand. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah. Interesting that that was in there in the first place. I mean, I think it's just a cultural thing that yeah. the Japanese don't realize that what she's doing there means up, y- up yours. They Just like you and I have never had this conversation about yeah. this implies a, a but, uh, they also didn't have that, that conversation. That makes sense. And finally, ugh, finally, <gasps> the upcoming Sonic Forces game. Okay. This is the new Sonic All game right. that's coming out this fall. Um... Will allow players to create their own custom hedgehog, or presumably, I guess, other. Sure. Creatures. We got hedgehogs. We got two-tailed foxes. <laughs> we got echidnas. Is that what Knuckles is? Uh, yeah. I was just talking about Knuckles. <laughs> I Don't know what he is. Uh, yeah. This is another um r- recipe for disaster. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So uh, it's gonna the game will let people create their own custom characters. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's kind of like the worst version of giving people what they want. I mean, it's, but sort of in like a harmless way, right? Like if Sonic, if the Sonic fandom has for years just wanted to draw Sonic and do whatever they want with Sonic characters, like they have that opportunity now. To I guess like, that's true. It's like, if you are a really big Sonic the Hedgehog fan and you draw, like in my case, it'd be like Mark the Hedgehog. Right? Or like mm-hmm. Patrick the Hedgehog. Sure. Now you can actually... <laughs> These are great examples. <laughs> now you can actually put that character that you created and have them play in a Sonic game. So great. Yeah. Se- Sega reading the market and and delivering on it. Yes, exactly. Uh, should we move into the new releases for the week? Guess what is... Fu- okay. So on today, <laughs> on the Wii U Darksiders... Uh, war Mastered edition is mm-hmm. coming out, which I learned is just the first Darksiders game. Not one and two. Just Wait, one. Just one? Yep. Okay. Um, also reading this, I find I realize that it's a pun. Instead of remastered, it's warmastered. I mean, the other game has the Definitive edition. Ugh. It's real bad puns. <laughs> real bad puns. Um, so weird that this is coming out on the wii u like Somet- something's gotta right uh also today disgaea 5 complete and the limited edition are out and then on may 25th which is thursday yep. block zombies and the girl and the robot are coming out on the wii U eShop. and on the switch eShop, it's astro dual deluxe now is that the uh, Neo Geo game of the week? Unconfirmed. Great. Um, it might be. It's. It's. That sounds like a Neo it Geo sounds game. Sounds like a Neo Geo game. That yeah, sounds like a Neo Geo game. And then on Friday is Ultra Street Fighter 2, the final challengers. Torn we'll on this one. On Switch. Torn on this one. I don't... Early impressions of it are, like, not great. Are they not great or are they just, like, blah? I think they're, like, Blah. Um, yeah, and I suppose what 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 am I expecting? It's Street Fighter Two, in a lot of ways. And this is somebody who doesn't know Street Fighter Two, like uh, all inside and out. But it looks lazy. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I don't know if it's Street if it's still Street Fighter Two. Maybe it doesn't matter if it's lazy. Um, Kotaku ran a piece where they um brought the early build of um, ultra street fighter two to a fighting game tournament and had some pro players test it out and, you know, they were all like the game runs surprisingly well, it's street fighter two. It's one of the greatest fighting games ever made. So it's, it's a lot of fun and, um, like the kind of throw down and play aspect of, um, of, of the switch is genuinely appealing. Um, but you know, it's weird to wrap your hand around those little controllers and again, Street Fighter 2, you've played it. You, you know the game already. So I, I don't know what I'm doing here. The game comes out on Friday. I don't know if I'm going to buy it. Yeah, I mean, I guess a lot of it does come down to the idea that, yeah, you can just, you can take it anywhere. A good version of the game. Yeah. And you can just take it anywhere. Like a definitive version of it. Uh, also, the game Humanitarian Helicopter is currently free on the North American Wii U eShop. I have no idea, to one, what this game is. <laughs> And uh but it is free how right? long the promotion will last. But if you're looking for a free game to pick up, it's usually ten bucks. So you can check out Humanitarian Helicopter. Hey, that's great. Let's move out of the news. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4.33, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, uh, I, we're just going to pose a question to each other today. hmm if you could be a supervillain and have all the powers and resources of said supervillain, who would it be? Now, are we? Uh, is anything off limits? Are we saying like, like this is comic book based? Are we like are movies up for grabs? Like, what's the deal? So, I think we're uh, we saying DC, Marvel. No, no. Like, I mean, the... we're certainly not being as as narrow as DC or Marvel. Okay. I, I think I think let's do, let's be specific. Uh, so like if you're gonna say the Joker, which first of all weird has no superpowers, <laughs> um you would have to pick like a version of the Joker. Okay, but uh, all right, so let's say comic book supervillain. Okay, sure. Yeah, a- a- as they appear in whatever. So my pick is Doctor Doom. You <laughs> that was gonna be my pick. It's uh, okay. We could. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my pick is Doctor Doom, and like I don't know that I have a specific like arc or something in mind but like the fun (laughs) dr doom yeah right like the the dr doom who will do stuff just because yeah he'll do evil stuff or like (laughs) he will unleash terrors on the world because he knows unchecked power right he'll just do stuff because and but also he has a sense of humor yes yes i like that also i think that costume is cool a great costume um, also uh, he's one of those super wealthy villains who ha- runs a whole country. Now it would be a bummer to be a catastrophically bad ruler. Oh there are downsides for sure. <laughs> but like I feel like you could you could roll with it right you could you could find ways to become a better ruler. Yeah or you know it doesn't really affect you at all. Yeah, that's a great point. Because, because you've got all the money. You've got all the resources. Yeah, I'm not choosing to be one of the people who lives under him. Huh. Huh. <laughs> You're not choosing to be a Variant. <laughs> all right, all right. So we've both selected Dr. Doom. Okay. Which means Dr. Doom is now off the board. Yes, open to alternate pitches. Patrick, okay. go. Oh, geez. Um, my first thought, and this is insane, but I'm going to say Ozymandias from The Watchmen. Okay. Um, because he is all smarts. Um even his like kung is, I was gonna say kung fu, even his like fighting ability is derived primarily from his ability to like read the room and figure out what's gonna happen next. Um, and his whole thing is like trying to um, like dismantle the, the the power structure and like make make it so people aren't worshiping these uh, false protectors or, like, these people who've gone crazy with power. So even though he's the villain of the piece, he's kind of doing something righteous, even if he is going to kill four million people in in, in doing so. So I'm going to say Ozymandias. Mm, I, I will also pitch... Oh, man, I'm probably going to get this wrong. Is it... Uh, have you seen Justice League or Justice League Unlimited, like the cartoon series? Yeah. So there's the one... Uh, it, I think it's the trickster. Yeah, okay. In the episode where, like, the Flash is trying to get to the grand opening of the Flash Museum. And... uh Wait, so we're, we're talking about the, the Flash rogue, the trickster. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And specifically that version of him where he's just kind of, like, sad and is supposed to be on his medication and is hanging out at, like, the bar with all the villains. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. the Flash, like, goes out of his way to, like, help him and tells him to be on his medicine and everything. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Wait, so wh- why do you choose trickster? For that... Because he's sad. Because I, like ver- I like that version of the character. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I think uh, another... Uh, if I mean, at this point, we're just pitching uh, character villains that we like and would like to be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Magneto. Oh, yeah. Gotta go with Magneto. Um, that's another one of those characters where you're like, mm, maybe you're just a misunderstood hero. <laughs> and also, the power to control magnetic fields is, like, huge. And, you know, obviously, varying levels of, like, how much he can actually control Totally, them, But, like... Sometimes it seems like he can do anything. Trace amounts of metal in anything, anything in your blood. Too much <laughs> iron in your blood, and he can rip that through you. And uh, the great thing about being Magneto is, I you know, even if I was on the lower end of the Magneto scale, yeah. like you know, like I can't crush stadiums or something (laughs) (laughs) right which is these are both things we've seen this character do in movies one thing i would like to be able to do is when people are parallel parked on a curb just a little too far you know like you could just lift up the. i could just lift it it and move it just a tiny bit so my car would fit like that's a great application of magneto's power yeah yeah so you could move people over you could move them up you could i mean you could park your car just like on your roof and you wouldn't need to drive because if you've got like metal boots you're just like well I'm just going to magnet these things around. Oh yeah, that's a great point. But I mean if you have if you you know need to get the kids or the dog to the vet or something. Sure, but say goodbye to your gas bills. You know, the bills that you pay for the ga- <laughs> for the gas that you fill your car with because you could just propel propel your car forward with the power of magnetic fields. So I mean, Magneto has it pretty sweet. Yeah. Now, all the the rest of the baggage comes with it too. So right. you're not just getting a superpower. Right. And, you know, that, that I could take your lead. Right, but I mean, he also gets to be a revolutionary fighting for mutant rights. <laughs> but we'll never know. <laughs> but we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> we were accompanied today by um, pianist William Marks. And uh, let's move on to our topic of the week. Okay, so we're talking about Fire Emblem Echoes: Shadows of Valentia, which I put about ten and a half hours into this weekend. Um, Mark, you did not purchase this game, correct? That's right. Um, so, and although now I'm like torn on whether I should or not, but uh, and but initially, so initially, or I have not purchased it because mm-hmm. I am interested in playing a uh a Fire Emblem game, mm-hmm. but this one feels seems like it is very different from what the series is now. Yes. And so I'm not sure if it's a good one to jump into, or if it'd be better to do like Awakening or something that is more like, here's what the future of the series is going to kind of look like, versus here's this um, side project that is kind of for people who are a little burned out on current Fire Emblem. Sure. So... I I can only give a non-committal a- answer to this. That's sort of like halfway between both of those things you said. Like the Echoes is uh, an older game and a lot of the um changes that have been made to Fire Emblem have not been implemented a- at the time uh, uh that Gaiden came out. And so a lot of the things that are are staples like the um relationship building and um the weapons triangle, there's a very simple, like, rock, paper, scissors, weapon triangle that is not present in this game. Um, and so, like, in in that way, it is a simpler version of the game. But I think there's also, and I, I don't see other people talking about this, but the storytelling in this game is also a lot more grounded than in other Fire Emblem games. So that's, um like interesting to me. Yeah. So and I don't know whether it's a positive or a negative. And again, I'm l- only like 11 hours into the game, so it's possible some like insane stuff sh- could still happen, but um you know, one of the one of the big hooks in Awakening is that um halfway through the game, you encounter your your main character's encounter their daughter, um Lucina who has uh come backwards in time from the future where you have failed. Um, And uh, helps you to you know continue the fight. And throughout the course of the game, uh, if you are pairing these characters up so that they have someone to mate with, um, you meet all these other children uh, that came from the future and are are fighting with you. So there's like time travel and like paradox stuff, and you know people in different people's bodies and amnesia (laughs) and all this crazy stuff. Um, Whereas Echoes is a like simple story of and it's it's not simple but uh, there's there's no like sci-fi weirdness um there are royal children a pair of siblings who are separated at birth and raised as not princes and princesses and uh though that's Alm and Celica your are two main characters um and so Alm is the prince who is raised as a um like the uh grandson of a a royal knight but Just kind of in a small village, and uh, Celica is sent to a um, like a a convent, and she, uh, you know, prays and (laughs) is like a warrior priestess. Um, And so then, like as they grow up, they uh, have like kind of differing opinions on how the kingdom that they're a part of should proceed in like this war between kingdoms. And so like it's a very simple, you know, the the story of these two characters coming back together. And um, having different opinions on like what to do, it's 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 very like interesting and nuanced in a way where like these characters have different political opinions, and that's causing the rift between them. It's not that like oh, I'm from an alternate version of the future where <laughs> you've all been wiped out. So, well, in in that same vein, um, just from like the gameplay videos and the images that I've seen, uh, one of the thing, one of the things that uh doesn't really appeal to me about modern fire Mm -hmm. emblem is like that uh waifu like type thing and you know like the uh uh man what's the name of that like ridiculous character in fire emblem heroes oh Uh, yeah you know like like that sort of yeah and she's like aesthetic she's in fates the the one the game between um Awakening and this one uh y- camilla camilla, kind of yeah, is? it's just like th- um that aesthetic isn't appealing to me mm-hmm. uh and what from what I've seen is like the uh the design in uh shadows of Valentia is more grounded, yeah, you know, in the same sure. way that the story is, I mm-hmm. guess the dish feels more classic, yeah, so that's that's definitely apparent, um that like all of these you know it's obviously all the all the assets are redone everything's rewritten there's voice acting for like everything um but it, it's it's apparent that all of the art and all of the characters are like stem from a very classic um 8-bit driven design right like um it's it feels so much like a like an early final fantasy game um that i i almost get like i have a sense of longing for like a game I didn't play when I was, when I was 10, you know? Um, so I, I do think that it is more modest in a lot of ways, and it's not trying to be crazy in its presentation, in its gameplay, and especially in its story. So, like, you're right. There aren't going to be the, you know, busty ladies with, like, exposed stomachs and stuff. Um, yeah, and th- but there's still no, like, limit to the number of interesting characters I've encountered um, the game does, you know, you've got these two protagonists, Alm and Celica, and you spend the first. I'm in mean the the third act of the game right now. I think there are five main acts and then a a, a sixth like post game act. Um, and the first act is all Alm's story, and he has his own army, people that you collect along the way. And I think I've got something like nine or ten characters with Alm right now. And then Act Two is all Basically, Celica starting over on her side of the continent. Um, And again, I've got like eight or nine characters in her army. So there's just so many of these characters and I'm like interested in them. I'm interested in their personalities. And there's like a little bit of flirtation between characters, but no one's really... I think partially because there's like no end goal of like these characters need to end up together. I need to get them to rank S, which I assume stands for sexy, <laughs> so that they can reproduce and have a future child. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it it seems simpler. All all of that is simplified. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you're um, uh, comparing it to kind of like an an early Final Fantasy game that you never played mm-hmm. because. Um where Fire Emblem is now and where like Final Fantasy is now, it's you sometimes forget that it came from this place of like uh, the aesthetic is very like medieval, yes, and the stories are about like warring kingdoms and yes. you know like things like that and and there are also dungeons in this game, right? Yes. So th- this is another an, another way that the uh that this game is different from the the other other Fire Emblem games. Um there are like explorable dungeons that you run around as either Alm or Celica. And um, is that in 3D or like 2D? It's in 3D. Oh, interesting. Um and I guess it it's uh, originally it was just like a, a top-down, you know, kind of like Zelda-esque uh thing and it it has the the feeling of um Maybe like a kind of clumsy 3D Zelda, um, like it's it's just not the smoothest thing, um, and like I I wouldn't want to play a whole game of it. But when, I mean, just like any um, kind of menu based or turn based combat, you do sort of need a break from it every now and then. And going into these dungeons ends up being basically a different way to present the same kind of combat. So like you're running around a dungeon. And, um, it's like free roaming, uh, you can control the, the camera with your new 3ds nub, um, and, uh, you're hacking barrels and crates and stuff to find items that are left there, and every now and then you encounter an enemy, and you can either, um, just run into them, or you can attack them, or they can attack you. And depending on how you start that encounter, you like, no matter what, you launch into a traditional Fire Emblem fight where it's a bunch of your characters versus a bunch of their characters on a grid. Um, But if they attack you, then you're in a disadvantageous position with some health gone. Um, And the opposite is true if you attack them. Um, So it's, it's cool. And I, I I really do like it as a way to break up just what, you know, kind of the grind of these games can, can be, but it's not like a, uh, I I have a hard time saying that it's like a selling point of the game, right? When you say it's like a pseudo Zelda dungeon, is there puzzle solving? No. So I, I kind of just mean in the way that like the uh, controller or the uh, the camera, um, its relationship to the character. Oh, gotcha. And just like kind of running around um, in in an open 3D space, like it's it is 3D, um, and you are moving around in a space, and it does feel. Like, the, I think the one big advantage here is that it does effectively convey what the continent of Valencia is. Um, the the other way that this game kind of, like, breaks up the, the pacing is that when you go into villages, you, uh, like, choose individual locations in the village that you're going to visit, and then you can talk to people there, or you can, like, look around for resources, and... Again, it's not something that, like, I would be super excited about playing a whole game of exploring the villages like this. But as it breaks up just tactical combat, it feels, like, rewarding and, like, a a compelling way to tell the game's story and communicate the game's world. Um, Like, there's, there's just so much history baked into this game and you know it's all about the the two warring kingdoms of uh Zofia and uh Rigel Rigel right it's not Rigel Rigel? right Rigel something like that um and you just you get a sense for you know who who these kingdoms are and um you know the the people that are either fighting for or fighting against them so yeah it's there's there are a lot of different little ways that it sells the experience of this game that you won't see in in other Fire Emblem games. I think I would still recommend Awakening over this game uh just because I don't know I I always feel like I have more control in Awakening. The uh the characters in this game have one item slot they can hold one item um and sometimes that's like a, a weapon that gives them you know extra uh, it gives them the ability to, like, learn extra skills, and sometimes it's, um, you know, like, food or something to restore hit points. But there's really no way to, you know, a, a character is going to be what he is uh, regardless of what you equip him with. And something like Awakenings gives you more flexibility to tailor your characters or your party to whatever you're facing. Um, and this is, I mean, this all seems very, like, straightforward you know you have you have these resources in this fight figure it out have you been playing on casual or i don't know what the other one is called yeah i'm not sure what it's called either but i'm that's the one i'm playing <laughs> not I- not casual when my characters die they stay dead oh okay i've heard that it's like punished that it gets like punishingly difficult so i've heard that as well and i will just um <laughs> I, I will just take that punishment when when I, I come to it. So far, it has not been punishingly difficult. And again, I'm only ten hours into the game, only three acts in. Uh, but uh, might... three out of five. Yeah, play, yeah. And you know, I've I've restarted fights maybe two or three times because someone dies. Um, but like, it's it's funny because I I won't let myself like if I lose a character, I'm like, well, I'm starting that fight over, which is like, well, why don't I just play on. Why don't I just play on casual. Um but uh every now and then you have one of those fights that uh it's really difficult and you lose one person but you made it and you got to be like all right. All right, that was worth it. I'm going to let him go. Um so yeah, I I I stand by my choice to to not play on casual mode. Is so soul- I mean, I guess I'm just kind of guessing that the game will overall take you between maybe like 25 and 30 hours to finish. I read that it takes uh, upwards of 40 to, okay. to finish. So <clears throat> so it's possible that I am uh, only now getting to <laughs> the parts of the game that are, are really going to be challenging. Well, I guess what I'm asking is um, the other games, like Fates, mm-hmm. are those shorter, longer, like... No, so uh, Awakening took me about that same amount of time, maybe even more. I I did a lot of um, grinding in Fates, um, and Fates was also very well uh, supported. No, not Fates, Awakening, sorry. Um, Awakening was very well supported with free DLC um, in the the months and and years after it came out, and I played it, you know, maybe three years after it came out. So there was a bunch of extra stuff for me to just run around and do. and. So I, I I played that game like into the ground, um, and you know if if you end up playing all three scenarios in Fates, I'm sure you could play like a hundred hours of that game. So I mean they the, they're all really weighty time investments, um, and. But the the thing that makes me not worry about like, you know, we were just saying about like Disgaea Five. Where do you find the time to play another like super long game, um. And the bite-sized nature of a Fire Emblem fight, like, you can feel as though you've accomplished something in just one match that'll take, like, anywhere from 10, to 10 minutes to, like, half an hour, um, and then just put it down. Like, you don't need to, don't need to be, like, actively engaged in, like, oh, where am I in this castle or whatever? It's all, like, the, the experiences are, like, little capsules. You don't need to uh, have it all linked together in, in your head or in your memory. Uh, let's see what else about this game. Mm, 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 mm. Music's great. Um, the music's really good in this game. Again, it feels a lot like I'm hearing uh I'm hearing a version of Final Fantasy. Like I'm I'm getting that kind of experience of music for the first time where um, you know, it's all re recorded with uh it's still synthesizers and stuff, but um these uh symphonic sounding scores which is all super cool. I don't know. I'm I'm really enjoying the experience of the game and like I'm not going to stop playing just because we've uh had our conversation about it. Um would you want more games in this style? You know, or like hmm. do you at this point are do you prefer the uh, more modern or th- I guess yeah, more modern take on Fire Emblem. Yeah, that's a tough question. Um I, The series didn't really explode until like the uh like matchmaking stuff happened. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's where, that's where I found it for sure. Um, and that's all, always one of the things that I point to first when I say why I enjoyed Awakening as much as I did. Um, because, you know, the relationships mean something both on the battlefield and like in the cutscenes and how you do one affects the other. Um, which is super cool. But there's something so like simple and rewarding there's no this is one of the things about uh awakening is that if you're going up if you've got the right type right if you're using the right rock paper or scissor against your opponent and you're paired up with um a unit that you have a good relationship with you're you're gonna stomp that other unit it's like a there's this like auto auto win card right and this game does away with that there aren't all of those like invisible little buffs to just make where you're like, okay, I know how to do this. I'll just get these two uh, axe guys together to uh, fight this sword guy. And they've got a good, you know, like, there there aren't the same little shortcuts. You just have to be strategic with where you position people and what the range of their attacks are. So, which do I prefer is the question. Or are they just at this point, like, almost two different series? I mean, the, it is... That I th- I think that is probably the, the accurate answer. If I were to recommend one, I would say Awakening. Um, yeah, I think that's just, that's just the cleanest um, and has the most cool stuff happening in it. So what do, what what do you think? I as someone who's been like watching um, the uh, the game just like from from the sidelines, are are, are you interested in it? Or yeah, is it something I, that- and I I think after our discussion, I'm still a little bit torn mm-hmm. because. Um, I, I and it's really, it's, like, your description of it as a kind of, like, Final Fantasy experience that you never had. Yeah. That really appeals to me. So, for that reason, I would want to pick up uh Shadows of Valentia. But, at the same time, it seems like the more, like, rewarding's not the word, but, uh, um... I keep defaulting to like modern, but that's, and it's not really what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, it, it does that like awakening and fates do like appeal to more modern sensibilities in, in gaming, like just that you will be um, rewarded in more traditional ways. So like, you know, I was just bad mouthing it a second ago, but like having that sort of workaround hack where you're like, Oh, I can take these guys down. No problem. Figuring that out, remembering to do it and executing on it feels great. You know? Um, when you can walk in there and like stomp and when you're dealing over a hundred damage or something, you're like you feel powerful. Um and that's just not what uh that's really you know, not not what this this game is. I mean, I guess the good news is that um like I can pick up Fate or Awakening for twenty bucks. Yeah. And uh and play it for like a hundred dollars <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, and i mean uh you know we we were talking about the there's a forty five dollar um season pass for d l c on this game, and I can like there's no way i'm gonna get it um the there was a little bit where I was like, oh, some of these early um d l c missions would be fun to do, but i mean there, there's gonna be enough enough to this game without digging in for. For more. Double dip, basically buying the game a second time. It'll be interesting to see how it does. Yeah, the um, DLC? Or just the game in general. Sure. Uh, because it is different for people who have come to the series more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but Fire Emblem is much bigger than it has been in the past. So I'm guessing it won't perform. It, I was going to say it won't perform as well as like a new title, but at the same time it is for all intents and purposes. Yeah. I mean, it, it totally feels like a new, you know, like I said, there's so much voice acting in this game, nearly every, like, it, it's rare when I'm talking to, like, a character that's named Villager or, like, Old Timer or something that it's not voice acted. I guess in some way, just the way it was, like, kind of surprise announced and then released a few months later, yeah. months later, and the fact that it's a remake makes it feel, like, um lesser a little bit. You See, know, not so much as like a prestige release. Yeah, I feel like remake is selling it short, because um, it really is like a reimagining and representation uh, of of the game. I'm sure a lot of the mechanics are the same, but it just looks so much like a modern Fire Emblem game. And again, the voice acting and the the uh, localization is solid. And it's not gonna like blow you away, but it is. Uh, you know, we were playing Persona Five recently and the localization and the voice acting in this game is better than it is in Persona 5, which is a low bar. <laughs> but I mean that's, you know, it's like that that's the level that that we're talking about here. Um oh, there's something else I wanted to say about this game too. I can't remember right now. Oh, okay. Two things. Uh one is that I recently purchased a stand uh for my Switch uh that kind of like holds it it's a little unfolding black thing that um has a little cradle that i can put the the switch into so that i can play it in uh tabletop mode and have it like up a little bit and have it not rely on that right cuz the kick, kick the kickstand you know it uh is i mean it's just not ideal it's just not ideal um unless you're sitting at like a high table or something right right or if you're a tiny child yes <laughs> um and so i the this thing arrived on Friday, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I could put my three d s in here, which is great because the game, like I said, talks a lot right the the there's a lot of recorded dialogue, so there's a lot of the game that I don't need to I don't need to be holding a three d s in my hand um so I've played most of this game with my three d s propped up in in this this stand um so I guess that's one tip. If you're going to play this game and listen to all the cutscenes, uh, get a stand or get some other way to. Because otherwise, it's just holding this thing for a, a long period of time. And the 3DS isn't light. Um, and it's also just you got to hold it in kind of a weird way. So it's, yeah, stand, definitely uh, recommended. Um, I said two things, didn't I? Uh-uh. What was the other thing? Mark, the stand. <laughs> I don't know, we'll say that was it. it. was the stand, yeah, um so yeah i i'm I, I'm enjoying the game um and uh I'm gonna keep playing it with uh not touching it with my hands. yeah, I think you uh um I don't know i I came into this not really thinking I was going to pick it up, but I think I might. Here's something to consider, and the second thing I was going to say. Um, I have rediscovered the battery life on the 3DS. It's not great, um, and I don't know if it uh, is running shorter because the game is graphically intensive, and there's... Is it in 3D? Mm-hmm. I mean, or, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, like or the, like the 3D, 3D slider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, it is. Uh, I have not had the 3D on Because why would you? Because why would you? Um, but uh, I have to... You know, a, a fresh charge of this thing wears down in like three, three and a half hours, and then I have to put it down and walk away for a little while um, while it charges. So, that's, uh. remember a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about, well, why would you want to buy a, a, a new 2DS? I would like to find out details on battery life on those things. If they've improved it any from the um, 3DS XL, uh, I would be interested in it for just that that purpose. Um. And I guess it's nice that there's like a limit to be like, "Hey, you've been playing this game for too long, go outside." But you know, you don't want to always have to be returning to a, a charging cable to keep it going. Other thing, the uh, 3DS mystery char- third g- thing, mystery third thing. The 3DS charging cable is uh, the only thing that looks like that. Every, it's not the same like micro US. USB. No, no, no. It's a cut. Yeah, it's uh, a yeah. custom charger. Yeah. Um. So like. I went digging through the house and kept finding the wrong chargers, because it looks similar enough to mini mm-hmm. USB that yep. you think it should fit, right? And you're like, "Oh, this is nope, this isn't it." And be like, "How oh, when is this in the drawer?" Oh, this, this, this is it. No, <laughs> no, that's not it either. Um, well, Mark, if if you want to play a little bit of it before you leave here tonight, just to see if you enjoy it, we can do that. Cool. All right, let's move out of our uh, discussion on Fire Emblem Echoes, Shadows of Valentia. If you want to be part of the show or let us know how you feel about old Fire Emblem versus new Fire Emblem, you can always write into us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Um, or you can get us on Facebook, uh, which is where a lot of people got in touch with us this last week regarding our uh our ranking of the nine console Zelda games our definitive ranking definitive and irrefutable uh it's uh it, it's nice to think that you could argue with our list but of course our list is um the one true list um some of the uh reactions i don't i don't think the uh kind of acclaim for Breath of the Wild is as universal as we think it is oh interesting um so uh had a number of people saying uh Uh, so stefan says breath of the wild is probably the worst zelda game of all time no dungeons no good story there's a lot that i don't feel like mentioning here that could have that could have had for a zelda title um that seemed to be a, a common recurring thing no dungeons no story um I don't know how how what's your reaction to that? I don't think those are unfair critiques, right? Um, I think it's just like what do you want out of the Zelda game, mm-hmm. especially dungeons. I would hope that in future iterations on this Breath of the Wild model, that we see more robust dungeons. Yeah. Um, even if that means like the like in this instance there were the four divine beasts, like having those be a little bit more involved. Yeah. Uh, I think so. To me, Breath of the Wild is kind of like, um, more modern Zelda dungeons have be- kind of become like puzzle rooms. Yes, right. So it's just like go into this room and you can't leave until you solve a puzzle. Going and then that opens a door and you go into the next room and you can't leave until you solve a puzzle. Like you know, it's right. like which is which is antithetical to the way the rest of that game works. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, but I mean, basically what. So like in, uh, Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess, like, but that's how like the big dungeons worked, mm-hmm. right? It was like room, con- uh, with its own puzzle that connects to another room with its own puzzle, yeah. For the most part, and Breath of the Wild has that. They just broke it up into shrines, right, right and took it all around the world. As far as story goes, I don't really um, disagree with that. I would like to see a more robust story, but next time I'd like to see more robust dungeons. Next time, but I think there's a. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that Breath of the Wild will always be my favorite. The next one might be better. Yeah, exactly. And when we decide that the list can be edited, then the list will be edited. Yes. And not before. No. Unless you're from Australia, then let us know. Uh, here's another comment from, uh, from James, uh, who says, My favorites have always been Wind Waker and Link to the Past, but Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are right up there for me. Uh, and I really didn't mind Skyward Sword. Uh, I was never a big fan of Zelda 2, Spirit Tracks, or Phantom Hourglass. Um... Uh, and then I, I had commented that um, it's a, a shame that Skyward Sword is kind of um, saddled with the motion controls now, um, and uh, he just went on to to lament the the controls in the the touch based Zelda games. I actually we didn't talk about it because it's handhelds, and we have been thinking of doing that as its own separate irrefutable list. Mm-hmm. But um, I I like. Phantom Hourglass. Yeah. I think Spirit Tracks is garbage. I think it's a really bad game. I think they're very similar games. <laughs> so yeah. we we may disagree on it <laughs> when it comes to and I I think Link driving a train is cute. <laughs> oh. hate Hated the trains. <laughs> um it it does raise an interesting question though of like those those three games are so tied to their platforms and how like those games or those systems controlled. Uh, that uh, it, there are going to be weird little relics of time unless um there are some workarounds there. Um, Ricky gave his own list uh that just went Breath of the Wild, Link to the Past, Legend of Zelda, Zelda Two, and then the comment none of the other console games are worth my effort. <laughs> so he's pretty much like a two D traditionalist with uh Breath of the Wild, <laughs> yeah, which yep. I uh, almost feel like it's fair because it's in the same, like, I really feel like Breath of the Wild is in the same spirit as the original Legend of Zelda. I agree. But I think that uh, for my money, Link to the Past is where it starts to diverge on the other path, um, but is also one of the greatest games ever made. So uh, I guess I can agree with all of those. Uh, And there are other comments on there as well. If you want to read them yourself, you can head on over to the Facebook page, which again is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, You can find us on Twitter, we are Nin Cart Society on Twitter. Yeah, and I mean, thanks to everybody who uh, commented and let us know your thoughts. On oh, oh, yeah, absolutely, and, and did so without including Sonic porn. We appreciate that very much. I'm, and you know, if you need to include Sonic porn, we're just do do what you got to do. You do you. Yeah, right. And if you want to make your own Sonic character and then put them into your Sonic porn. You will soon be able to do that as well. Uh, We would love for you to rate and review us on iTunes. Also, uh, tell your friends. Um, You know someone who plays Nintendo and isn't listening to this show. Uh, Tell them what's up. Uh, If you go over to whatscreative.com, you can find more podcasts like us, uh, and you'll probably find something there that you like. If you like MarkerMind's Opinions, you can check out our reviews of comic books and discussions thereof on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can find more of his music on apipetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying thanks for listening. Create a podcast network.